Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Peter Webster. And Peter is the principal of St. John the 23rd Catholic College in New South Wales, uh, in the northwest of, of Sydney in Australia. And I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with Peter. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jono. Now, for our listeners, um, 
can you just give everyone a bit of an overview of who Peter Webster is? And, and even though I just mentioned there, just a bit of an overview of what you do as well as principal. Uh, thanks, Jono. Yeah, so my current role is the principal at St. John the 23rd Catholic College. Our college is the, the largest systemic Catholic school in New South Wales. Uh, we've got over 1,900 students from K to 12. Uh, with 185 staff. So um, in some ways where some people call us a little, a little country town um, in trying to manage that. But um, no, look, we're an exciting place. It's, um, we've, got our, um, we've got a magnificent school happening, but it's also a place in which we're trying to make a difference and to move our school from a from an old school into a new, new school. Oh, I like that. That's good. Um, and uh, I love chatting with education uh, leaders because I think what you do is an incredible. And I also think it's very challenging. The more I get to know school leaders, the more I have um, a lot of respect for what it takes to lead a school with, you know, just stakeholders everywhere. <laughs> so many stakeholders. Um, so Peter, uh, I like to ask, what's, what does a day in the life of Peter look like? Uh, that's interesting. Like it's the start of the school year for us and there's uh, a little bit of chaos in and around uh, COVID. So change is, is happening around us. In our school, we've undertaken a fairly significant leadership change um, and a, a leadership structure. So my day at the moment is really developing our vision statement. Uh, looking at our vision statement and ensuring that's lived out in our school. Uh, it's also with our new leaders coming in, it's listening to them, uh, finding out what they're up to, where, where they want to head, where, how they're going to co-develop and co-construct our school. Um, so there's a lot of listening. There's a lot of uh, portraying and storytelling of our vision uh, in and around that. So what our day looks like um, is varying. It varies every day. Um, in a school with, of that size, uh, you can never uh, come and say, well, this is what my day is going to look like because it'll always change. <laughs> um, but uh, at the moment, I'm trying to be the best listener I can be and also to ask the best questions, uh, the best questions of our uh, new leadership team so that yeah. I can challenge them in what they're doing. I love that. Um, I think that that's got to be one of my top three, uh, you know, personally, the more and more I, I work with leaders, the more I realize that listening is, is, is such a superpower. If you, if you can just get better and just hone that skill and just do it more, it, it, it just solves so many other problems because I think so many issues we, we have as leaders come from miscommunications and come from um, assumptions. Yeah. Communication is often the key. And if we can uh, be the best we can at that, um, we will definitely be on the on the one have the one focus and and have that direction. Um, it's also, I think, um, getting to that state where you can uh, be confident in asking um, the right questions, uh, questions that not only support them but questions that can challenge them and challenge yeah. the direction that they're going. Absolutely. Uh, well said. Well, it'd be great to hear a bit of your story, Peter. I, I'd love to ask you about, I guess, if we start right back in your, in your childhood, are there any moments when you were growing up that really stand out uh, because they were, they were pivotal in shaping you to become the person you are today? What comes to mind? Oh, and this was a, this is a challenging area, I suppose. Um, look, I've always grown up in the, uh, the southwestern area of Sydney um, and being in this area uh, was, I, I love growing up here and I've maintained uh, and lived in this area all my life. Uh, but it's an area in which um, we often in Sydney were put down. So in some ways I, you know, myself and my family and the people surrounding me, always yeah. had to fight against, uh, in some ways, some injustice mm -hmm. uh, and uh, inequality. So 
uh, it's been a challenge. Um, I've had a great life, but it's been a challenge to break down some of that. So um, in, in who I am, uh, I think I've always had to fight for the underdog and, and go from there. So in, mm. in progressing through, um, look, we've, we've gone from uh, someone who in some ways lacked a little bit of confidence that had to go through being the worker and uh, being the, the person who um, strived to, to please others and to cater for them. And then I, there was probably a pivotal time um, where I looked and I said, well, what, what's my future going to look like? Um, my wife always said that, because um, I come from a PD health PE background and played a lot of sport and so on. And uh, on my 30th birthday, she said, well, you won't be doing 40, uh, you won't be doing forward roles when you're 60. So what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually did just turn 60, Jono, and I, I did do a forward roll. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I did take a couple of days to recover from it. Um, but, yeah, so we, we looked and we, you know, I looked and I went, well, what, what's the future look like um, and what can I contribute to and how can I make a difference? And uh, from there, um, I went... I've had some wonderful experiences. Um, you know, I represented the Catholic education at the Olympics, Paralympics, Pacific School Games. I was the Catholic school rep. Uh, you know, I organised uh, Jubilee 2000, Confirmation 2000. Uh, I've had some wonderful experiences um, and developed a range of skills because of that. Um, but then I, um, I came across... Um, a book called Half Time by Bob Burford. Um, and in that, I, uh, I probably came to realise that um, some of the things I questioned about myself, it was okay to question those. Some of the skills that I had, it was okay to have those skills and to, to acknowledge that, you know, I had a particular skill set um, that I could utilise and not so much to worry about those skills that I didn't have. Um, so I, I, that book half time really um, in some ways changed who I was because I, I got to the stage, stage where I, I thought, yeah, I'm okay. Um, yeah. You know, I'm who I am. And, and in knowing myself, I then could become a leader. Um, and I think that was the crucial part uh, for me. Uh, so from there, um, I, you know, took on some more senior leadership roles. And I think um, in knowing myself and my limitations, but also what I could put forward, um, I think from there I've been able to, I feel, uh, become a better leader. Wow, that's, um, that's an incredible, incredible story. And so just, just again, because I, I do love a book recommendation. Uh, so it was called, it was called Half Time, is that right? Yeah, half time by Bob uh, Burford. Um, Bob Burford. It's a, yeah, look, it's. I particularly like the first half of the book. Uh, the first half of the book was really significant for me and mm. made a difference. Just, uh, yeah, people have got to see what skills and talents they have. Um, sometimes we, we often focus on what we don't have, um, but I believe everyone's got a particular skill set that they can yeah. make a difference with. Absolutely. So I'm interested to ask when you were growing up, you mentioned being the underdog, you mentioned some of the challenges around growing up that that's, I, I hear that and I can hear why you would have, um, and I find this a lot with school leaders, you'd obviously bring a lot of compassion and empathy to young people who you see because you've walked in, in some in those shoes feeling um, some injustice when, when you were growing up. Are there any stories from that time when you were growing up that really stand out as, uh, I guess, growing up where you grew up and, and being the underdog and, and any, any stories that you'll never forget that really just, um, in terms of dealing with injustice, that, that really come to mind? Yeah, um, probably not injustice, but um, look, 
mum and dad were my brother and sister. We had a fantastic life. Um, and uh, sport was a big, big factor for, for myself. And uh, I was fortunate enough to play in some, some good rugby league teams and cricket teams and, uh, and be, depending on how you say it, but successful in playing first grade rugby league and first grade cricket. Um, so I was successful in that area um, at to a limit. But I think, um, can I, I remember um, being the, uh, achieving a Bachelor of Education uh, degree. And um, I remember my mum said, well, what's next? And, uh, you know, you do your, your master's. And, uh, and then what's next? Uh, well, and then eventually, you know, um, and it's a, it's a bit of a journey, but I completed my doctorate. And then mum said, well, what's next? Are you going to become a professor? Um, so it was always what's next. Um, you know, it's not good enough. It's you haven't achieved. Um, you've got to keep, keep striving to do more and more. Um, and I think somewhere along the line, you've got to get there and go, look, I'm happy where I am and uh, I've, yeah. I, I'll continue learning. But learning doesn't have to take place in an institution. Learning can happen anywhere and at any time. And, it, you know, learning now is becoming more bespoke and, you know, you can learn in different ways. So I think I'm, I'm up to that stage now where I'm, I'm learning, uh, you know, what I need to learn. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Um, and it's attention, isn't it? It's that curiosity to keep learning. Yeah. But also what I love that you mentioned there is I, I think it is really healthy to actually be okay um, with where you're at and, and, I, I guess that, yeah, there's sort of a, con, a contentment meets curiosity and, and keep learning that that's a healthy tension, I think. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, look, in, in saying all that, it's you've, um, and some of the opportunities I've had and the experience I've had um, has allowed those skills to come, come through um, to, to really take on and know that you can, um, yeah, take on the world in some ways um, and to go, look, we, you know, if we put our mind to it, uh, we've got this work ethic, uh, but we've also got these skills and talents that, um, and a vision for what's possible uh, to move, to move things along. Um, and I think that having a, I think that drive came uh, that you have a purpose yeah, what, mm. what is your purpose? What is your drive? What's what's making you move to that next spot? Um, and, you know, is it your mother in your ear or is it just uh, within yourself? <laughs> within yourself, yeah. is it uh, what's driving you uh, to move forward and, and to try and um, make a difference? I'm interested about your, you mentioned how significant that was when you read this halftime book. Yeah. Do you remember in that season, was there any moment in particular that was a big aha for you where you read the book or where you, where you, where you felt, you know, sometimes we have, uh, there's just those moments where you go for some reason, and it's, sometimes it's not even a big thing, but something happens and it's sort of a bit of a turning point and you go, ah, oh, I get it. Now the penny drops, you know, you can actually sort of move forward and, and shift that. Was there anything like that around the time that you read that book? Um, there was a section in the book that I really, um, it was, it was in and around being okay. Um, and when you are okay with yourself and who you are, um, you can say no. Um, and uh, it's more explicit than that in the book. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but when you can get to that stage uh, in life where you're doing things because you value them, because you see them as important, uh, you're doing them for the right reason, not because someone else is telling you or, you know, this is a trend or uh, when you get to that stage, when you can do and you can uh, make decisions based on what you value, what you believe in, uh, what the purpose of the organisation is, um, when you can get to that stage, I think that's when you become a true leader. And uh, there was, a, yeah, that section in the book there, mm. when you can go, no, I'm, I'm doing it for this reason. And, um, 
and you can, you know, uh, you can stand up for what you believe and that's okay. When you can get to there, I think mm. that's where you can become pretty confident in what you're, you're on about. Yeah. I love that. And I love how you unpack it. It's very, you, you, you're explaining something that's, that's really profound, but I, you know, that's why I love uh, chatting with Aussies, you know, fellow Aussies, there's always such a laid back sort of way of unpacking that, but you're talking about something very profound, but explaining it such in such a, uh, relaxed and, and lovely way. Cause if, if leaders can catch that, it's, um, it's such a game changer. It's, I, I feel like it's very freeing. Sort of takes a burden off you to actually be, to realize, um, that you can do that and you can actually lead from your values. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's critical. Um, you know, I think many people are trapped. Um, they're trapped as leaders. Um, they're trapped and they become really conservative and we've got to do what someone else tells them to do. Uh, they become very conservative and, uh, I, well, they might have the term leader attached to them, but they are follow, followers. Um, but if you, can, if you can move away from being a follower to a leader uh, by pursuing uh, what you value and what you believe in, um, and if you're fortunate enough to have people who um, have that same vision and same ideals, um, you can change the world. And, uh, you know, that, that's, our, that's our dream at our school. And I think, uh, yeah, we're making some really, we, we believe we can change education. Um, and mm. I believe we have uh, in many ways. And it's a little bit different. Well, it's, for many, it's significantly different to what's happening in the schools next door and uh, across our city and across our nation. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's, yeah, again, that's really profound. And I love that deep, deep conviction and belief that you can change it. And I, I agree. Um, that's wonderful. How, uh, this might sound like a silly question, but I, it came into my mind when you were talking about that in terms of knowing your values and standing up for them. There might be leaders listening, if they're anything like me and, and going, well, how do you, particularly for, for say young leaders, how do you articulate what those are? because sometimes you've grown up in a, with, with certain things and maybe you're at an age or um, going through a season where you're even some of the things that you believed uh, or maybe took for granted, you're now being challenged. Do you, <laughs> this is a pretty philosophical question, but how do you, how do you as a leader really articulate what your values are and work out what they are to be able to stand up for them? Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, can I answer it by giving an example? And I think, yeah, and our storytellers. Um, um, I, I, I'm challenged by the thought that all people learn at the same rate at the same time, because um, we know that's not right. But in school land, that's what we do. Um, you, you, when you're five, you go to kindergarten, and then you've got to spend twelve months there, and the bell rings, and all those year five, all those kindergarten students go off to year one. And then the bell rings and they progress through. So our education system is based on an industrial model, which is outdated. Um, and I, I don't believe in that. I believe people, uh, uh, you know, we've got students at our school now who are in year nine and year 10 doing university courses. Um, they're already, the majority of our students in year nine, uh, over nearly 90% of them have already started their HSC. And you get there and you go, well, and they're okay and they're achieving uh, and they're being highly successful. Um, so we're trying to break down that lineal approach to learning. And I think in, in many ways, um, we, we've, we're looking at the assumptions put forward uh, to schools and challenging those. Um, we're challenging uh, that a school is run from nine till three, um, where we know that kids can learn at any time. Uh, the technology uh, sector now has just, just improved opportunities. So, you know, students are doing work at home, uh, lots of work. Uh, COVID in, allowed that uh, to take place 
but we were already in a good place because our students are already doing pre-work at home. Um, you know, the day our year 12 students, the majority of those leave school at lunchtime now, and they leave at lunchtime to go to work, to work placement or university. Um, so we're, we're challenging those assumptions. And, um, and I think when you get um, a community that values change and values um, that education is different and they need to be um, lifelong learners and yeah. we're setting them up for that, um, yeah, you can make a difference. That's, that's actually incredible. Not just that you're doing that. I mean, if someone's innovating like that or an organization as well as innovating like that in an innovative industry, sure. But schools are, you know, typically slower moving organizations. How have you, <laughs> I'm honestly amazed to hear those different initiatives mentioned, you know, sentence after sentence, because uh, I work a lot with school leaders and I know that it's, um, it, that can be a big challenge is actually moving stakeholders, um, you know, along. So how have you been able to innovate so well in an, in, in an industry and in a sector that can be so slow moving, Peter? Um, well, I'm really fortunate. Um, our executive director is Greg Whitby and uh, he is a visionary and, uh, but he's a visionary uh, and he's talking um you know, from up on high about uh, schools and what the possibilities are. Uh, I'm fortunate in so far as our school is living out that dream. So we have got support from our, um, our system and uh, in having support from our system and having the confidence uh, and having the desire to do things differently, um, we have a lot of autonomy uh, and you've got to be a risk taker. Uh, many people in schools are followers and they follow the government's uh, mandated hours and so on. Um, there is so much freedom if you look um, in, in the mandated uh, <laughs> hours that put there. Uh, but like you've, that. Got you've just got to look. And you've got a challenge and you've got to take some risks um but there's there's already those parts there in the in the mandatory government setup that allows you all this freedom um and you know we've we've just looked at those and explored those um we've taken many many uh not the, I, they're informed risks they're um they're not putting a student's learning at risk uh, or harming them. But it's actually when you empower the students, uh, they can, our students are as good as any. And our students from the Northwest part of Sydney here, they're making a difference in the world. Um, and they are encouraged to get out there and make a difference in the world. So once you empower them, uh, once, you, once you encourage them, once you allow them to make a difference, once you give them agency uh, and a voice, wow, wow, it's it's really exciting. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Thank you for thank you for sharing. Uh, there's so much in there that I think leaders can can listen to, and and like I said, I'm honestly amazed. If you can do that in the education sector, then people listening who are in other sectors should be encouraged that it, it it's so possible. And what did you say? I love that. There's. Um, there's 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 freedom you've just got to look for it of of course you've got to um, <laughs> you know I, um, I i was mentioned about some sport um and uh we've had many teams that um play a, a really highly structured game um and i think in any sport and any team um activity yeah you've got to be organized and and play um a, to a structure um, but the best teams play with what's in front of them and the best teams and the teams that win ultimately are the ones that, um, see the gap and will run through it and, uh, will take that risk. Um, so yeah, in some ways, that's what I'm saying here. Um, yes, we're structured, we're organized, uh, we're highly efficient, 
Uh, we've got 1,900 students. Uh, we've got 185 staff, so we have to be compliant. We have to be organised. We have to be structured. Uh, but in saying that, uh, we've got to allow those students to play with what's in front of them and to and take some risks with their learning, um, to look for new metrics in how we measure success. Um, you know, when, when you have 12% of your uh, students already at university, uh, when you have 96% of them gain early entry, um, the HSC and ATARs um, are secondary. Um, they become less of a focus. They're still important and we're still doing really well, mm. um, but it becomes secondary. Uh, so we're looking at you know, uh, our micro-credentials and credentialing our students for if they're critical thinkers and problem solvers and if they're if they can be creative and work collaboratively. Um, yeah. We're looking at our own credentialing, um, which will hold our future generations uh, in good stead. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, there's just so much, so much to learn. I, I think um, it would be great to, I'd love to invite you back for another episode down the track at some point, Peter, because there's, there's so much richness. Uh, I, I, I'm looking, <laughs> looking at my notes, really wanting to ask you all about um, uh, some of your, you know, through your career, what you've learned. But this, uh, we've just had this great chat around innovation, and I'm just, I honestly, I'm just because working a lot with schools, I'm just asking out of sheer, how are you doing that? Finding out about um, the way you're innovating. So this has been a joy, but maybe down the track, we can do another episode and, and ask you more about some of the mentors you've had along the way and some of those other things. Yes. I'm more than happy to have a chat because yeah. there's been some wonderful mentors. Uh, people are highly respect and highly value. Um, you look at, um, can I mention one? You uh, can go for it. Brother Kelvin Canavan, he was the executive director of Catholic schools in Sydney. Um, so when you see Catholic schools uh, across Australia, um, I think uh, Brother Kelvin has been a part of each one of those in that um, he was instrumental in getting government funding um, for Catholic schools. And that has been remarkable. Um, Catholic education in Australia is like no other. And uh, I remember working really closely with Brother Kelvin and uh, each day he'd walk past and he'd say, how have you made a difference? Um, so that was his question. Um, and what a great question uh, to ask when you walk, walk around a school or a workplace, uh, how have you made a difference today? Um, and uh, what a great <laughs> man, uh, really a privilege to be around. That's a wonderful question. In fact, I have a I have another podcast called Leadership Question of the Day, and um, I'm going to do an episode on, on that because that's uh, that's a question. I mean, I've heard heard that a lot, but the idea of making that the question you ask as you walk past people that's that's wonderful. Um, and just what what was his name again, so I can credit him when I when I do that episode. Yeah, Brother Kelvin Cap Canavan. Brother Kelvin Canavan. Yes. Wonderful. Great story. Um, well, let's jump into Leadership Express. I've got a few questions for you, Peter. You ready? Okay. Okay. Firstly, what is a book, or you can you can share a couple uh, that you've gifted to other people? Um, look, uh, Legacy uh, by uh, James Kerr. Uh, look, I think it's a really significant book that looks at culture, uh, and when you're looking at um, a school, a large community, I think you've got to build a culture. And uh, I think that portrays it in a very um, simple but uh, succinct way. Um, I've also got another one. I've got The Tipping Point, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, I like him as an author. And yes. The Tipping Point is um, I just, you know, in some of the things we're doing at our place, uh, you're looking for that tipping point and what makes a difference. Um, so that one. And... The other one is really simple, but oh, the places you'll go, um, Doctor <laughs> Zeus. Um, now we give that we give that book out to our kindergarten students as they come into school, and uh, you know, and I think it's really significant for our kindergartens. Uh, but on the way out of our school, our, our year twelves, um, 
we we have a connection with that and um yeah and, uh, when you tie that in with a a poem called the woodcarver by thomas merton um you you then come and say well that the woodcarver is a significant poem uh, that looks and says that each and every kid has special gifts and talents um, mm. and each one of our star have gifts and talents and uh, i think you the master craftsman um, can just identify what they are um, mm. so our teachers are continually looking and saying well how what what gifts and talents do these kids have um, where, where can we explore that yeah, that's fantastic. Wonderful. Uh, three, three wonderful book recommendations. Uh, thank you. What's a recent leadership lesson you've learned for the first time or been reminded of? Um, can I, I, purpose is really important. Um, I think our vision statement and co-constructing the vision statement is so vital. Um, it's no longer is it top down where a leader can develop a vision statement and say, well, this is our vision statement because there becomes no ownership. So, um, yeah, you, you need a purpose. Uh, you need that vision statement, uh, but you need collective efficacy. Uh, you need everyone uh, owning it. Um, so for people to own it, they need to see themselves in that vision statement. So that becomes mm. really crucial. Yeah, that's great. That's a great thought. Uh, what's uh, what's a tip around work-life balance, which is always an interesting area people have very different opinions about. So I love asking, do you have any thoughts about work-life balance for leaders? Um, well, you definitely need it. Um, that, that, that becomes a really challenging be, uh, challenge. And I, I believe if, um, uh, if you value what you, you're trying to do, it, it becomes a part of you. Um, so I, I strongly believe that my work is a part of who I am and what I value, what I believe and, and so on. So uh, there is that you, you become immersed in it um, and work, life, family becomes one. And I'm really fortunate with that my wife allows uh, that and my family allows that. Um, but in saying that, if it's possible to um, remove yourself at different times and to let your hair down and mm. to be, um, with your partner and your family and the really significant others in your life um, to spend that time um, to get away and to relax and remove yourself because you do need um, in sporting terms, there's, yeah, we talk about periodization and you can't be up all the time. You've got to, you've got to let yourself down and relax and re-energize and go again. Um, so that professional renewal is such a significant part of a leader um, and a leader's life. Yeah, that's, uh, that's excellent advice. I really like the way you unpack that. What's a big struggle or problem you see school leaders facing right now? Um, look, I, uh, I think we're in a critical part of education. Um, we've witnessed, uh, what the possibilities are with, uh, remote learning or online learning at schools. I think the vast majority of schools, are will revert back to what they previously had known. Um, I think what's what's remarkable and what's encouraging is that there'll be a number of schools will who will learn from it and will accept the challenge of um, making schooling or allowing schooling to to change forever um, i think if we had a government who uh, would accept the challenge of um, schooling to be a little bit different um, and to open it up a little bit more, I think that would be really exciting. And um, I think I think you'll see many schools really taking up the challenge uh, to say, well, we, we can do this a little bit differently. Uh, we can move uh, to the, you know, the 21st century where we're, 
we're well on the way to the, you know, the next mm. century. Um, and we're, you know, we're talking about an industrial model, uh, which is outdated. Um, so come on, let's move on. We, we, we can do things a lot better. Um, we have got that freedom. We just need the courage and the conviction to go, okay, we are doing it differently. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what's the movie or TV show that really impacted you? Um, oh, wait on. Uh, don't watch a lot of TV. Um, but, uh, <laughs> or you can pick. You can pick another book if you like. Uh, look, I'd I'd probably go. Um, I liked um, Animal Farm. Uh, where where did that come from? But I liked Animal Farm in that. Uh, Sometimes in our in our world and our system, uh, we've got all these different characters, and uh, yeah, the the underlying themes of that book. Um, sometimes they're not too far different from reality, and I think um, uh, we we sometimes the irony we have to look and challenge some of that, and um, yeah, that stereotyping. Um, I think we've moved beyond that, but. Yeah, we give it at Animal Farm. <laughs> love it. I always love. That's great because um, I always say I, I I ask that question every time because I love asking leaders for something a, a little bit left of center that they that's that impacts them. And Animal Farm is a great example. I've also had people mention the Golden Girls TV show, <laughs> um, Seinfeld. <laughs> so okay. it's a bit of a chance to hear something a bit different. So Animal Farm's a great. You've so. had that one before, I don't think. No, I haven't. Yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> love it. Okay, what about a quote? Are there any quotes that you that you really love um, that 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 sort of have really stuck with you, uh, or that you love? Yeah. You know, repeating. Look, um, our uh, I'm at a Catholic school, and our um, John the Twenty Third. What a remarkable fellow he was, Angelo Roncalli, Pope John the Twenty Third, and he um, instigated the Second Vatican Council, uh, which was a significant turning point for the Church. So uh, he attempted, in his short uh, stint as Pope, um, to change the Church, and um, that gives us the, I believe, the right to have a look at changing education. Um, that's of taking that to the extreme, but in his opening address, he said, throw open the windows. And, yeah, and I think we've also taken on that, you know, you've got to throw open the windows and let the fresh air in. Um, and for schools, I think that's great and mm -hmm. for leaders, you mm -hmm. know, throw open the windows and let the, let the fresh air in and, and yeah. let's get reinvigorated. Yeah, that's a great. Uh, that, that's a great quote around um, thinking through innovating because often it's so hard, isn't it? It's it's a hard slog to innovate. But I like that picture of actually, no, what we're doing is really throwing open the windows and letting fresh air in, and it's going to make it better for students and for um, for the people, whatever that looks like in the in the organisations we're leading. Yes, I think so. And uh, look, you've, I think you've got to come from that, you know. Um, I, the, the world is an exciting place and uh, I think we, we need to continually uh, develop and adapt um, and, you know, adaptive cultures being able to, um, to work together, um, to collaborate, um, I think is really exciting. Absolutely. Okay, last question. If you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say? Don't be afraid to take some risks. I think uh, some of them uh, are just hesitant in taking some risks. Um, but if look, if they take some informed risks, if they uh, are willing to ask a range of questions, if they're willing to um, you know get the feel for their community and so on, um, I would definitely say you've got to take risks uh, because. Mm. If you maintain the same things, you're going backwards. People overtake you. The world overtakes you. So you've got to continually be looking for, for what's coming up, what's the next. And uh, I would you know, really encourage people to uh, don't be afraid. 
but to step out into the deep and go, okay, where can we take this? Um, I think, I think mm. that would uh, be a part of it. Yeah. Throw open those windows, let some fresh air in. That's, that's a great quote and uh, a wonderful thought that you just shared there to, to sort of finish. I, I, uh, I did um, just want to mention for listeners who might have, this might have really, you know, had, a, had an impact on them and there's something that you've mentioned that's been really profound. Is there anywhere they can uh, find you online uh, on LinkedIn or Twitter, anything like that, Peter? Yeah, LinkedIn. You can find me under uh, Peter Webster on LinkedIn. Uh, and if you're interested in some of the things we're doing at our school, uh, we've got uh, CLC Media, CLC Media uh, podcasts. Uh, you can find us on on there, and we've got a range of little snippets and uh, that yeah might encourage you and you know, outline a few of the things uh, that we're doing. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in, and today has been so much fun and uh it's really really been a bit mind-blowing for me to hear peter's stories and i know that'll be the same for for listeners who were uh, i always imagine you're out there driving in your commute somewhere in in the world on your or, or on a train on the way to work thinking oh it's so hard to innovate in this you know <laughs> fast moving company and then you hear peter talk about education and you go okay maybe it is time to find a way to throw open those windows that's what i love about about this um this podcast uh, for our listeners don't forget i also have the john o white leadership podcast and leadership question of the day and you can look out for that episode uh, soon the leadership question of the day yeah which i'll be sharing um that great question about um you know how have you made a difference um for someone today how have you made a difference in someone's life that came out of this episode and that was that was one of my highlights today uh, but I want to finish by saying a massive thank you to Peter for being so generous with your time for, uh, for sharing just, you know, amazing stories, but also your philosophy of leadership and innovation in education is, is honestly, it's uh, really inspiring. So it's, I've, I've just loved chatting with you today and I know people listening will be, uh, you know, listening to this and then going and making some changes and going and taking some risks in whatever uh, organization they're in. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Peter. Thank you, Jono. You're most welcome. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. 
And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O. White, or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.